keep, you can keep going that way. This, uh, that story that they read is from a... <laughs> there's, there's Miss Daisy, our teacher, trying to corral all the kids. She was kind of like, you know, it's gonna, it might be a little bit crazy. And I'm like, I'm good. I hope it's crazy. I hope we make a mess of the stage and, and everything else. <clears throat> so this story that, that we read was from the... Uh, still going out. Oh, man. That, that story is from a Bible called the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's a Bible that I read to my kids every night. And I'll tell you, if, if you want to know if you have a good bi- uh, kid's Bible or not, is if when the parents start crying while reading it to the kids, you know you have a good Bible. Just even as she was talking about how Mary held on to Jesus and didn't want to let go. I just, oh man, I just love the imagery of that Bible. So we're doing something special as we had talked about the kids takeover. We have all of the kiddos. If you're in here and you're a kiddo, why don't you give me a yell? Oh, yikes. It's so crazy. I think maybe they're conditioned because we're in the back classroom there and we get loud and sometimes you can hear us. So maybe they're just so conditioned not to speak in this room. But they're here and we're excited. We're going to be doing some, a fun game a little bit of the way through and it's going to look differently. So what we thought we would do is um, have everyone together. Our heart, Gina and I, we feel very strongly. We could teach our kids all the curriculum back there. We can do all the worship. But kids will only grow spiritually up to the level of the family around them. Kids will only grow up to the level of the family around them, whether it be their biological family or others can come alongside of them and be their family, us as a church. So that's why we want to do events like this. How many of you, how many kids' ministries do you think ever sponsor a chili cook-off? I've never heard of it before, but we're doing that in two weeks because we want to have kids' events that just celebrate the family. So we're going to get together. Um, You guys are going to be competing against me for the chili recipe because mine's pretty amazing. Um, And uh, I know what the prize is. It's going to be a blind testing, so I'm actually allowed to win because we won't know who we're voting on. Um, But it's going to be a time where we play games and we have fun as a family together. And for some kids who come across in our classrooms, this is the only solid family they have is this church body right here. So I want to thank you for that. So we're, and plus, also with the 12th, the Seahawks aren't playing on Sunday. They play Thursday night, so you have no excuse. So no excuses. That was on purpose when we planned it. Just throwing that out there. Um, So what we're going to do real quick is we're going to take you back into our classroom. We're going to be learning today about one of the 12 disciples by the name of Thomas. And so we're going to play a quick two-minute video right now. This is what our kids see in class, and it kind of sets up the story. Why don't we go ahead and play the video before we get in? Thomas was one of Jesus' disciples. But he was not with the others when Jesus visited them. The other disciples kept telling him, We have seen Jesus. But Thomas doubted. He said, I don't believe you. I want to see and touch the holes in his hands and his side, or I will never believe. Eight days later, and the disciples were indoors again. This time, Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them. He said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out and touch my side. Don't be an unbeliever. Believe. Thomas did believe. My Lord and my God, he said. 
Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Those who believe in me without seeing me are blessed. I, uh, I love that video, like the little fingers too, the um, So we're going to be learning about Thomas. And can I be vulnerable right now and share something? This story about doubting Thomas is one that makes, when I read it in the Bible, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Have you ever had those times where you read something in the Bible and you read it and you're kind of like, oh, that, it's odd and I'll tell you why, I know why, is because I have had times in my life where I have had doubts. Doubts that I've overcome, but there's been times that I, in my past, where I've felt, God, are you even there? Am I just praying into the atmosphere? And so I can identify with Thomas, right? Can you identify with sometimes just wondering? It's tough. And so when I read this story, I kind of feel bad for Thomas, that Jesus seems to slap him and say, and kind of have this nickname that's really bad. That's right, slap him. I love it. You, I feel kind of bad. I, do any of you have any nicknames? Have any of you given a nickname that you think is a little bit unfair, a nickname you don't like? What's yours? Huh? Hen? Oh, yeah, like a, because Henry. So that's one. I, growing up, yeah, they're making fun of your name. It's not very good. Me growing up, my first name is John. And my last name is Erickson, so John E. Uh, the worst thing you can do to call a six-year-old is Johnny Appleseed, as I found out. My nickname all throughout elementary school was Johnny Appleseed. I don't know why it was so hurtful, but it absolutely was to me. I hated it. Um, and even today, it's kind of like if, if the worst thing that people said about me was Johnny Appleseed, that actually wouldn't be too bad. But as a kid, that was horrible. I feel bad for Thomas because he's known as Thomas the Doubter, Doubting Thomas. In fact, the first time we ever hear about Thomas, Thomas actually is super brave. The very first time we see Thomas in the story of the Gospels, the other disciples didn't want Jesus to go into a region called Judea. They said, if we go there, the Jews will kill us because they hate you. And Thomas stood up and said, We should go with Jesus so we can die with him. How brave is that? I kind of wish another name for Thomas could be Thomas the Brave or Thomas the Bold, but yet he gets labeled as Thomas the Doubter, which, as Miss Daisy read, is a little unfair because here's the thing about Thomas. Nobody believed that Jesus was raised from the dead. All the disciples, when Mary came running and said, Disciples, Jesus was raised Everybody said, it just sounds too crazy to be believed. So I feel a little bit bad for Thomas. And maybe that's why with this story, I kind of identify with it a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and pick up in our story that we read. We saw the background. Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples and showed him his hands and his side. And they believed, but yet Thomas wasn't there. Don't know where he was, uh, in the bathroom, getting milk, whatever, whatever it is disciples do. Uh, and he wasn't there. And when the disciples tried to tell this, Thomas says in John 20, verse 25, says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. As I said, all Tom, this, this bothers me because all Thomas 
wants to do is to have the same experience that the other disciples had. The other disciples saw Jesus and put their hands, their, their, their hands in Jesus' hand and touched his side, but Thomas didn't get to do that. He just says, I want what you have. You've had a personal encounter with Jesus, and I want that. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want that too. It's kind of a tough thing. So then we pick up in the story. I'll read this before we get into our game. I'm super excited about our game that we're going to do. We're going to read here what happens a week later. So in verse 26, John 20, verse 26, a week later, Jesus' disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, seal my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said unto him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. As I said, I always read this story as Jesus kind of slapping Thomas a little bit, kind of saying, ah, Thomas, if only you would have believed the other disciples, if only you could be more like them, but that's not what Jesus is doing here. Rather than seeing, is having it be a slap towards Thomas, he's pronouncing, he's giving a blessing on everybody else who comes after, the millions and millions of believers, us today, there's a blessing upon us for believing without seeing. And I, I love that. So I think we kind of miss the mark sometimes with this story, how it's been described to me and how I've read it. And when I say we, I don't mean Puget Sound Foursquare. I mean the church and just doubts in general. Jesus is saying that we're blessed because we have believed and not seen. And I love Jesus' response to Thomas. Where does he go? As soon as he walks into the door, as soon as he walks in, actually not through the door, as soon as he appears, he goes directly to Thomas and says, you wanted an experience with me, here's your experience. And Jesus' response towards Thomas was super loving. He, he could have tongue-lashed him. Instead, all he said, hey, you believed because you've seen me, but all these other people, the millions and millions of people who will come after you, they're going to have an extra blessing on them because they don't get to share what you get to share. So something that we all experience is that we believe in something that we haven't seen but yet we can feel. And sometimes it's way easier to believe in something that you can see yourself. But just because you don't see something doesn't mean you can't feel it and know that it's real. Right? Object lesson time. Sam, can you do me a favor? Can you grab that box and bring it up to me? So we're going to have three people come up here. We're going to have uh, Jessica... We're going to have Alan and Mary go ahead and come up at this time. We do object lessons and kind of games in kids' church all the time, and we don't. I know that Lance does them every once in a while here. I love them because, I'll be honest with you, in like three weeks, why don't you guys go ahead and stand over here by the chair? In about three weeks, you probably won't remember anything of what I said, but you'll remember the game. So it's going to be fun. So what we're going to do is we have these bags. We have these bags with items in there. And you guys, this is the honor system here, so you're going to have to close your eyes, put your hand in the bag, and then you're going to guess what the item is. So I'm going to give you pads of paper so we can reveal at the same time. So you're going to reach in, and then you're going to... Why did I just do that? Okay. 
So you're going to reach in, and then you're going to write down what you think it is. And don't look at your neighbor. This is the honor system here. And then we're all going to reveal it together at the same time. All right, sounds good? I did not hear anything, so I'm just going to assume that it sounds good. All right, there you go. So we're going to start with number one. So go ahead and close your eyes right now, honor system. I'm going to go ahead and show the audience, and we're going to put it up on the screen about what this item is that they're going to be feeling. Don't, oh yeah, kids and parents, don't say anything about what this is. All right. There we go. I don't know if it's up on the screen, if we can put it. If not, then that's fine. You guys saw it. All right, keep your eyes closed. Jessica, and go ahead and feel it. Don't say what it is out loud. Just feel it and write it down if you know what it is. Time's up. Time's up. You too? Don't say what it is. Just write it down. All right, time's up. Don't say what it is. Write it down. Time's up. All right. So go ahead. In three, two, one. You guys are going to have to keep track with points for me. Three, two, one. Go ahead and flip them. What was it? Look at that! Toothbrush. Woo! Amazing. So even though you didn't see it, you could feel it and know what it is. Interesting. All right. Item the second. Close your eyes. I kind of forgot what these things are. Oh, yeah. All right. Close. Keep your eyes closed. Don't say what it is, anybody. We're going to throw this in there. Oh, thank you. All right. Keep your eyes closed. Hands in. You get three seconds. One, two, Three, stop. All right. Eyes closed. One, two, three, stop. Eyes closed. One, two, three, stop. We'll see. All right. We'll see how we do. There's five items, in case you're wondering, so we're, we're halfway done. All right. We're going to reveal. You all have a point. What is it? A toy car. Toy car. Binoculars? Binoculars! So, that's what it was. All right. Item the third that we're going to do. Go ahead and keep your eyes closed. Everyone know what that is? Probably not so much. When I was a kid, you knew a lot of it. I don't know about so much today. All right. Three seconds. All right. Feel in, Mary. Keep your eyes closed. All right, go ahead and write it down. Three, two, one. What is it? Eraser. I don't keep count because I had my eyes open when you told me that three seconds. Sounds good. So she forfeits. Eraser. Eraser. All right. Alan's in the lead. We do have a prize for the winner, so I should I should have said that at the beginning. Maybe you wouldn't have started cheated then, Mary. <laughs> Um, all right, so close your eyes again. Don't open them, everybody. Close your eyes back there. All right, exciting. All right, fourth item. Keep your eyes closed. Go ahead and feel. Three, two, one. Okay, eyes closed. Three, two, one. All right, eyes closed. Three, two, one. Write it down. All righty. So now, what is it? Slinky. 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 All right, sounds good. This is the last item, so keep your eyes closed. Last item here. 
Keep your eyes closed if you can put up on the screen what this is. Keep your eyes closed. Forget the ears. All right. Hand in here. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead, Mary. Hand it. No, you got it. You got it. You'll get it. You'll get it. It's good. It's good. Okay. And then lastly, Mr. Allen. (laughs) So there you go. You can go ahead and open your eyes. Because I am compassionate, I do have napkins. So go ahead and write it down. (laughs) I had to throw one in there. Yeah, I know it's coming. Unfortunately, they they all teach in our elementary class, and they all know me very well. So last thing, go ahead and write it down. Slime. Squash grapes. Pumpkin guts. Pumpkin guts! Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's that's what it was. Pumpkin guts. From my very own pumpkin. Thank you guys. I think Miss I think Mr. Allen wins. So for kids, usually we give Bible bucks or candy, but I know what adults like, so you get a five dollar Starbucks card. So there you go. So thank you guys. You guys can go ahead and take a seat and give me your pads. For second service, I'm a little I'm a little worried about the retribution I'm going to get from making them touch the uh, the thing in there. But yeah, pumpkin guts. So the thing about this that I was trying to illustrate is that even though you don't see something, that doesn't mean that you still can't know what it is. And in fact, by feeling it. By feeling it and touching it, you can actually experience it. Also, the reason that they were able to guess it is because they were familiar with all of these items. This wasn't the first time they've ever done it. Imagine if I would have put a kumquat or something in there. Does anyone know what a kumquat looks like? I don't know what a kumquat looks like. If I would have put that in there, nobody would have guessed it. So that's what's important, that we need to be familiar with the very thing that we're trying to determine. So, amen? We can go and amen with that. So, I have, this is the application section. I have three quick truths. Some things about the story of Thomas that I wanted to pull out here and talk about. Three points of application very quickly that will apply to all of us as kids and adults. So, the first one that I want to say, something that we can look up to Thomas about is, first of all, be honest with your doubts. Be honest with your doubts. This is something that, I think that there's this attitude that whenever we have a doubt, it's something that we should push down and just pretend does not exist. And I appreciate that about Thomas, that Thomas didn't do that. He very could have easily said, oh, yeah, I believe, and just not. But Thomas was very open and honest with it. And I'm looking at you now, kids, for you who are in here, my kids are in here. If you're having doubts and you're having trouble, talk to your parents about it. Talk to any one of the teachers that you saw up here. Talk to me about it. Let's be open and honest. Same thing with us as adults. Let's talk to Pastor Lance or talk to one of the staff members because I'll tell you what, it's part of life. I think one of the reasons why we don't want, we don't feel like we can express our doubts is because we think that doubt is the opposite of faith, right? If you have kind of a north and south kind of directions on a compass. You have faith over here and doubts over here. But I'm going to contend that that's actually not true at all. 
I believe that what the opposite of faith, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but the opposite of faith is fear. Because when you boil down to what faith is and what you boil down to what fear is, they're actually the same exact thing, just completely opposite. Because faith boils down to do you trust the Lord? Do you trust that God is there? Do you trust that he's going to be there for you? And fear is that you don't believe that he'll come through with you. Jesus made this very clear in Mark. He was on a boat. There were waves that were crashing. There were craziness that was going on. And Jesus was asleep. His other disciples were afraid. And Jesus came back and he said to the disciples when they woke him up, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? I think I can illustrate this. My kids love going to the park. One of the things that we absolutely love doing, and the first thing we go to the park, my kids, they go and they run and they start climbing up, uh, you know, jungle gyms and things like that. And, you know, the older my kids get, the higher they are. You know, Gunner's up here, then Vivi, then Jack. And Joel's, you know, this big, so he's on, he's on my chest on the, uh, on the little carrier. It's quite a sight to see, like, big old me with a little baby on my stomach. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, but what happens is when my kids, they go and they start climbing up, they get to a point where the fear starts kicking in, and they begin to look back, and they say, Dad, can you come over here and just catch me if I fall? And I walk over, and then... What do I do at that point? They go another step and they look back to see if I'm there. They're doubting. They have doubts. Are you actually going to catch me? And me as a, as a dad, what do I do? Do I just let them fall? Do I turn around and fall? Don't, don't say that. I see Gunner popped up. <laughs> I don't. What I do is, is I draw in close. I put my hand on their back and I say, I have you. I'm not going to let you fall. And in that moment, the doubts go away and the fear goes away. And the trust is there that I'm not going to let them down. But just because they doubted does not mean that they don't believe. In fact, I think sometimes doubts in our walk, it means that our faith has a pulse. It means that it's alive. In fact, I would be very afraid if my kids were not scared of falling off the jungle gym. Because sometimes those doubts, they show that it's real. So first of all, we need to be honest with our doubts. And stop treating them as something that we shouldn't bring to the surface because doubts confessed are doubts that can be overcome. Amen? Amen. So second point that I want to say about this story is to stick it out. Points of application. Stick it out. Jesus died. He appeared to the disciples and eight days went by. Eight days went by from when he appeared to the disciples, the 11, and then to Thomas. How miserable do you think those eight days were for Thomas? Pretty miserable. He had gone through a terrific, a terrific, a tragic experience. The person that he was closest to, the person he gave up everything for was killed, tortured. And then when he had this miraculous experience with everybody, he missed out on it. How would you feel at that time? Have you had times in your life where you just sit back and you say, why me, God? What is so wrong with me that you wouldn't do to me what you've done to other people? It is tough. And Thomas, he sat there. I can imagine Thomas saying, I am not leaving this room again. I am not leaving. I am waiting for Jesus. He stuck it out. 
He embraced it. You have to embrace the pain rather than leave. We heard a story as a staff. We heard somebody speaking who had recently gone through something tragic in his life. And he shared a dream that he had had where he was feeling the darkness closing in around him through this pain, through this tragedy. And he saw the sun up in the distance setting. And he decided that he was going to chase after the sun as it was setting because he wanted to not feel the darkness anymore. So he says that he got up and he ran and he went all the way across chasing after the sun as much as he could. And he was just going as far as possible. But he said no matter how hard he chased and no matter how fast he ran, he, there was no way he was ever going to be able to get the sun, that the darkness was coming. So in that moment, he realized that what he actually needed to do to get back into the light is to turn his back on the sun and embrace the darkness and to go as hard as he could into the darkness because the harder and faster he went into the darkness, the sooner he can get the light again as it turned around. And there are times in our lives when we're having those doubts, those fears, those times where we're saying, why me? that it's time for us to turn around and to stop chasing after the light and to embrace the darkness and to feel the weight of it and to stick it out. Because I believe in Jesus and I believe that he, much like the story, will come right to you after the time he went right to Thomas and said, here I am, here I am, Thomas. And I believe that for every one of us. I think sometimes we need to stop chasing after the light and instead go into the darkness, and to sit with our feelings. Lastly, before we end, we have that we need to recognize Jesus. We need to recognize Jesus. Thomas knew exactly who Jesus was when he popped through the door, right? He popped through the door. Thomas knew immediately who it was. The reason he knew is because he was familiar with Jesus. He spent three years with him every single day. There was no ambiguity about who walked through that door. So my question to you is that if God were to reveal himself to you through these doubts, would you recognize him? Is he familiar enough to you in order for you to recognize him? I said in our object lesson, bringing us back to that when we had these items, they were able to guess what they were because they had experience in them before. Everybody up here, I'm hoping knows what a toothbrush is because they use it every day. I think so. They know what a toothbrush is because they use it every day or once a week, you know, whatever, whatever. They use it all the time and they know what it is when they feel it. It's the same way with Jesus. And that's something that I want to say to you is that if in the time you're struggling with those doubts to feel him, because I tell you what, I promise that he will reveal himself to you. But we need to be familiar with it. So we need to come up with some ideas as we close. What are some ways? I'm going to do some question and answer time. We usually do this a couple of ways. What are some ways that we can experience Jesus or God in our lives to kind of help us draw close to him, to make ourselves familiar with him? Is there anybody? Raise your hand. Yeah. You can read the Bible and pray. Amazing. We've got to, sometimes I pass out candy. I'm going to do my best. Just close, just close your eyes. So... Woo, look at that. It's been in my pocket, so it's warm. Be nice and good. 
Read the Bible and read the Bible. That, that really grossed Heather out. <laughs> just like, um, is there something else that we can do? Read the Bible and pray. Something else that we can do in order to be familiar with God. Yeah, Hen- Henry. Henry. Huh? Praise the Lord and trust him. We did that today in worship. Absolutely. Good job. You get another sucker. Of course. Yeah, there you go. It, is there one, one more thing. One more thing that we can do. So we have read the Bible and pray. Praise the Lord and trust him. Is there something else that we can do to experience the Lord, become familiar with him? Somebody, don't you want a warm sucker? What's the matter with you people? Yeah. Be thankful in all circumstances. Absolutely. Woo. That's something. Yeah, there you go. Um, Being thankful in all circumstances. Other things you can do is to experience God's creation, right? The Bible says that if we experience God's creation, we can see the Lord and the wonders in which he's made. Something that I want to do right now it's one way that we in kids' church, we experience the Lord, and we get that, is through the memorization of Scripture. We, sometimes they feel a little bit guilty because my kids every week, your kids, everyone who's in here, we memorize Scripture every single week. And that's such a great way for us to be able to uh, experience God. So we're going to have our teacher, Mrs. Angela, we're going to be learning a memory verse. Everybody in here as adults, your kids already know this. Hopefully, we'll see. And we're, and we're going to do this together. And uh, I believe that there's power in memorizing Scripture. As I was preparing this and realizing, I felt a little convicted that my kid actually memorizes more Scripture. Than I. I still know more because, you know, I'm older. But as a practice, he does it every week. And I said, how often do I actually sit and try to memorize Scripture? It's such a powerful way for us to get the Word inside of us so that when God reveals himself to us, we can recognize him. So we're going to have Angela teach us the memory versus a group as we end our service. Okay, so all my elementary kids, go ahead and stand up. You guys know this one. Okay. Elementary kids. There are hand motions with it, so I'm going to have to have John hold the mic for me. We're going to go through it once, and then I'll teach all the rest of you. Are you ready, guys? Okay. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Psalms 145. Verse 8, because 5 plus 3 is 8. Okay, so the rest of you all stand up with us. So to talk you through it, the Lord is gracious. What does gracious mean? Henry? Yep, giving somebody something good that they did not earn. So the Lord is gracious. You're handing a gift to somebody, okay? And compassionate, patting your friend on the back when they had a hard day. Okay. Slow, stretch that one out like you're slow. I think you all understand anger. Anger. Okay. This is spreading the money around, mm-hmm. rich, right? <laughs> and love. So Psalms, this takes a little practice, 145. Take the four down, give it three, you've got verse eight. Math. Okay, (laughs) so we're going to go through it once with all the motions, then I'm going to take the words off the screen, and I'm just going to do the motions, and you're all going to say it. You ready? (laughs) 
So, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Psalms 145, verse 8. Okay, go ahead and take the words off. Okay, just motions. You guys got this. Kids, say it loud in case your parents forget the words, all right? Okay. Perfect. And if you remember the reference, you can always look up the rest. So that's the important part. Awesome job, guys. Awesome. Good job, guys. Go ahead and grab a seat. Can we just say thank you to our kids' ministry? Come on. It's awesome. I love that. I love that. Listen, I, I just want to make sure that you understand the message that was spoken today. What a, what a profound message. How many of us experience doubting? How many of us have that thought in our mind like, I'm just not so sure. But what a great way to say it. Maybe you're here today and you have doubted your walk with God or you've doubted this promise of heaven and you thought God was angry at you. You thought that he wasn't compassionate and you thought he was really quick to anger. But you've seen a verse today. Can you see the message that was spoken throughout the whole service? And God, God brought you here just for that. If you walk away from this service today and think, well, that was a cute little kid thing, then you've missed the message. Because the truth of the matter is, we're all little kid things that need a message like that. So I want to pray with you this morning and really invite you to that moment of responding to this word. Because maybe you're here this morning and you've doubted and you've wondered your, maybe even your own salvation. Let's pray right now. God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for the message that was spoken Lord, through every person that stood up on this stage, every kid that yelled out answers, Lord, I pray that all of us would come to that place where we would realize our desperate need for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Christ. How about you on a weekend like this that you would respond and say, I want, I want to run to you, Jesus. I don't want to run doubting and filled with fear. Lord, I want to be filled with faith believing that you are rich in mercy, slow to anger, and that you love us so desperately. If that's you today and you've never experienced that love, say, Jesus, that's me. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. Maybe it's been a long time. Respond by saying, Jesus, I need you all over again. I need you all over again. Fill me up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for all your work. Listen, I, I want to challenge you one last time to this Tuesday night. We have our Halloween outreach, and I mean that. I told you last week that our Halloween outreach is really an opportunity for us to love on our community because thousand, a, a thousand of our closest friends are going to be coming here getting nachos and hot dogs and candy and dressing up. I'm telling you. So I, I want to invite you to come and be a part of that. Now, we still need some people who will sign up to clean up but we're over at 8 o'clock, right? 8 o'clock in. And at 8 o'clock, we want to turn this thing back into a building. And so the more hands, uh, the easier it'll be. 
right? We don't want to leave just a handful of people doing that. So there's a bunch of our high school and junior high kids that are putting them uh, a maze together, even as we speak right now. And, and they're eating pancakes and getting, who knows what they're doing over there. But I, I just can tell you but that they're being blessed. I want to challenge you to come and be part of our cleanup team. We need people to run carnival games. If you, you're saying like, Lance, I don't know how to engage with community people dealing with handing out. Let me tell you, you're just going to hand them a little it's a bean bag or whatever it is. They're going to throw a baseball at a bottle or whatever it is. And you're going to hand them some candy and just love on them. So come. If you've never been a part of our Halloween outreach, come. Be a part of it. But you've got to dress up. Come on now. If I'm dressing up, you're dressing up. Don't leave me alone. Come on. My, sister, my daughter said that to me last night. She said, Dad, don't go halfway. Don't, don't dress up halfway. Dress up. Come on. Right? James Shin, what do you got? You got something. Good. You're gonna, <laughs> I want you to stand to your feet. I can't wait to see what Dave Walker, one of our council members, is going to bring. Come on. Bless you guys in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 Give someone a hug before you leave.